The following is a production of PMA Magazine. Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 3 of the PMA Podcast. If you're new here, PMA stands for Positive Mental Attitude, and we publish a beautiful print magazine from our headquarters in West Seattle. Our goal is to share good news about great people doing tremendous things for their communities, and we're so glad you're here. Now, I'm recording this episode from my basement, where I usually sit and conduct PMA business, but this time, I'm doing it under direction from the state and federal government due to the COVID-19 outbreak. I really want PMA to be an oasis of positivity that you can escape into during difficult times, so I won't say much more about it, but I do want to let everyone know that we hope you are weathering the storm with Applem and that there has never been a more important time to maintain a positive mental attitude than now. So when you're starting to go a little stir-crazy due to quarantining or feeling isolated because of social distancing, remember that this unprecedented time is totally unique. We've never experienced anything like it before. This means that there are unique opportunities out there that have simply never existed until now. You just have to be open to finding them. There are new opportunities in your neighborhood to help those who may be struggling with confinement, like reaching out to an elderly neighbor, running an errand, or just saying hi from across the street when you're on a walk. Small businesses are learning new skills and finding new ways to serve customers that, like building muscles, will be stronger with new avenues of revenue when this is all over. Families are able to spend more time together and probably drive each other crazy too, but if we do this right, we can all get a little closer. Some of us may have a little extra time to learn a new recipe, make some art, or clean up around the house. I've been working on the next issue of PMA, trying to learn slappy grinds on a curb in my neighborhood, and trying to find new ways to keep this whole enterprise healthy and moving forward. We need to be careful not to appear to be capitalizing on something that's hurting so many people, but we should be trying to transform or synthesize negatives into positives. That, in fact, is the whole point of what PMA is about. So with that, I want to introduce this week's podcast subject. Gretchen Bear. This interview was recorded over the phone for an article we published in our very first issue back in 2019. I spoke to Gretchen in her hometown of Bisbee, Arizona, on the southernmost U.S. border with Mexico. Gretchen is a master at synthesizing negatives into positives, so much so that she's internalized this synthesis into a practice that guides her entire life. Take her Border Bedazzlers project as an example. She saw an ugly and divisive border wall and created a project to turn it into an art canvas that amazingly evolved into her Mariposa Art and Music School for underserved kids in the Mexican border town of Naco. Gretchen is a skilled and successful painter, but she isn't content to sit in her studio and paint all day to create product that hangs in a gallery somewhere. What really makes Gretchen resonate with energy is creating public art projects that create opportunities for everyday people to engage with art and realize that art has the power to transform their lives. They just need to be shown the way. When they stop to look at one of her art cars, dragon boats, or other public art projects, she sees that as an opportunity to turn them on to their own internal creative spirit. I really learned a lot from Gretchen about how to create a holistic approach to living a creative life, and I hope you get as much out of our chat as I did. So with that, let's jump right into episode three of the PMA podcast with artist, activist, 
and incredible human being, Gretchen Bear. So when you were young, um, I mean, as we, as we are kids and we are growing up, like, I think we tend to get, depending on who, who your parents are and what community you grew up in, we tend to get indoctrinated a little bit differently in terms of like, you know, what people expect us to do or what people tell us is what's expected of us. Uh-huh. Do you feel like you were um, presented with the idea that, you know, like creativity was creativity and like empathy or whatever you want to call like the types of mm-hmm. things that you that lead you down the road to do the things that you do. Do you feel like those concepts were presented to you or did you sort of find them on your own? I, they were presented to me. Um, actually, I was really lucky that way because um, both my parents are artists and um, they, you know, they still are to this day. Um, my dad was um, this school art teacher as well uh, as an artist himself. And he was always my school art teacher. Um, so both my parents and my mother's a photographer and a the ceramicist at the time as well. Um, but they always gave me that a lot of creative, um, freedom and a lot of, you know, abilities and, you know, just experiences with art all the time, um, regularly. And I think that they instilled in me that whole kind of concept that, through art, you could kind of anything is possible. So there's just kind of this nice freedom and sort of dreaming that went with, with making art. That's amazing. I guess, like, is it a conscious part of your sort of thought process that, um, for instance, like, the kids who come to Mariposa, like, aren't necessarily growing up in supportive environments like that, or they don't um, necessarily have someone telling them something as radical as through art anything is possible and therefore you want to indoctrinate them with that? Absolutely, yeah, you know, because um, I think that the majority of the kids down there, I mean, they don't have art in schools, you know, they don't have music, you know, in schools and so, to, and I feel like I was really blessed, you know, with this childhood and you know with my parents and having art all around me that you know at a certain point in your life you realize that you need to share it you know and not and you know pass it on as much as you can so yeah I think that was a direct correlation from my own childhood like sharing that sharing that you know realization or whatever. That's amazing so do you ever with them or do you think that it's appropriate the sort of realities of the situation or the other side of that which is sort of like you know hey artists aren't really compensated like you know other no. types of people no I, I don't discuss anything like that with them um, you know we just make art and have a good time I mean there's no reason to to say anything like that and um, um, yeah you know but you know Looking back on it, though, from my own childhood, you know, my dad was the art teacher, as I said, and, you know, he had four kids. It wasn't that easy, you know, so I always got that. I guess I also understood that, you know, growing up, that, you know, it doesn't mean you're not going to get rich from it. We never had any focus on, uh, you know, this is how you're going to make money or you can't make money or whatever from it. It was just like, have fun, do it, you know, enjoy yourself. (laughs) Right. Cool. So, okay, so let's let's take the kids out of the picture. 
because like the mm-hmm. readership of this magazine will be like you know whatever a lot of different types of people right. and I think that I think you know what, one of the things that um, that I want the this magazine to help with is sort of the thing that happens where people kind of get in their own way from living the life that they deserve to live and. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we come up with lots of excuses um, for why we can't, like, pursue something that's, like, a, you know, creative pursuit or a creative career or whatever because it's like, well, I'm not good enough is an obvious one. But, like, also, you know, it just, I'm never going to be able to pay the bills or whatever. Mm-hmm. Are there things yeah. that, like, you know, are there either, like, coping mechanisms or things that you have put into play in your life that have helped you kind of stay out of your own way to get to where you are? Well, that's an interesting question. Um, you know, you know, full, full disclosure or whatever, but like, you know, I, why I have to leave in a half an hour, I wait tables three nights a week, you know, it's like, I just continue to do that because I feel like, I don't know, I never really, it just seemed like a way that I, you know, I work at a place that's like, I like the people, good friends, you know, um, the money's good, it's three nights a week, it stays out of my way, I don't have to think about it when I'm not there. Yep. And um, it allows me three or four days, or four or five days, sometimes I only work two days a week, um, just to do what I want to do. Um, it's exclusively and allow myself complete freedom without having to concern myself with, am I making money at this, you know, or any of that. Like, I just, I just kind of took that out of the equation because I didn't want, I guess I just decided early on or whatever, and maybe that's the wrong decision, I don't know, but like, just that I didn't really want to monetize too much on the art because it it, it could ruin it for me. I I didn't want to do that, so I just kind of ended up, you know, just doing something easy to do that I could end up having money in my pocket and not really worry about it and be able to be able to do things that don't make money. Right. That's an important point. Okay, that's cool. You know, this this life of um being an artist that includes sort of um making ends meet, um, through the working at the restaurant, um and just doing art, that's that's already a lot of hustle and a lot of work. And then you do all this great advocacy and community work. So either you are superhuman or there's, like, <laughs> some um, – and, you know, you could be both. Or there is, like, some um, kind of complementary part of all these components where, like, they all kind of feed something into each other. Can you – and I'm assuming, I'm guessing that's probably more the truth. Can you talk a little bit about, like, how one part of your life complements the other and how, like, how maybe, like, the kids at Mariposa might benefit from some of the other stuff that you're doing, like the the art car or um, waiting tables, even? Well, I mean, for one thing, this all started really because of the, the border wall that I wanted to paint it. Um, and it, so the kids got involved, not really intentionally, but more sort of because they were there, you know? Yeah. And um, and then it became, it really became a kids' project. Or, you know, maybe it started as a kids' project, but it wasn't really in my mind for it to be, you know, I didn't really know. I thought artists would come. But kids yeah. came. <laughs> and, um, you know, that's just, uh, um, 
sort of another chapter in um, seeing things as giant canvases, you know, like whether it's cars or, you know, I've done bows and, you know, all sorts of different things um, where I just, you know, take something that one thing and turn it into something else um, through, you know, through art. Mm -hmm. And um, so I guess that, you know, it all kind of ties in because, you know, because of the car, the art cars, you know, then like doing the, turning the border wall into an art project, you know, turning the building that we got of Mariposa into an art project, you know, it's all painted and we glue things on it and, you know, just turn it into something else. It's just, you know, it's a canvas. So I guess that, um, you know, that's one thing the kids benefit from, I hope, you know, is just the recognition that anything can be art. And, you know, that's kind of where I started with, with, um, with them. And that's what, that's really what I'm trying to show them, I guess, more than anything, you know, is like just look creatively at things, at anything that could be a negative thing. And if you can turn it into art, you got it, you know? Yeah. So, so I'm looking, yeah, because I'm looking for a connection between art and advocacy and because there are plenty of artists who don't who just sit and paint or or make art and they sell right. it in the gallery and they don't yeah. there's no message and they're not trying to change the world or anything you know impact anybody outside right. of just like having some beautiful art to look at so i'm just i'm yeah. wondering if if like that that aspect of your life which you found totally naturally and you it's not like you're it's, it's not some superficial like forced thing that you're trying to do you're not like out there like i'm an advocate artist you know no but, just doing it because for fun you know and i mean i did it you know all with my own money mostly waitress tips and you know that kind of thing it's just because i love to do it i mean that's why i'm also doing mariposa why or why i started just because i love to do it you know yeah like it's super fun for me like i'm i do like to you know sit in my own studio and paint <laughs> but i feel like that's just sort of you know it just only goes so far for me you know it's you know, it just becomes like you're in a vacuum or something at some point. And, you know, to me, like, the fun is in working with other people and, you know, seeing what we can create by working together, you know. So I've always been that way, you know, like, in art school, you know, meeting other people that we could work together with. And we did a lot of, you know, performance art and guerrilla art and all sorts of stuff, you know, turning the cellar of the school into, you know, this glitter castle place that we lived in for a couple of years, stuff like that. Like, you know, what can we do like by working together? So to me, that's so much more important and more, and what excites me, you know? So like, I don't really find going to galleries very interesting, you know, yeah. like to me, it's just sort of dead already. I'd much rather, I don't even really care about product as much as I do about the process of making it and, you know, turning other people on to, to that process. Yeah, I imagine that you, um, you know, I mean, you're, if you're driving a car that is completely artful and totally painted and also is um, a, uh, you know, very clear um, uh, sort of statement about Hillary Clinton, that you're going to engage with people all the time around that piece of art. Like, people are going to stop you right. at the grocery store yeah. and... Yeah. Um, they're going to say nice things. They're going to say mean things. They're just, you're going to get out there and you're kind of putting yourself right. out there. So I wonder if like, 
I wonder if that maybe is a good, like, kind of a touch point or a good example, mm-hmm. that sort of engagement with uh-huh. the world, like, right. how does that feed back into the art? Well, you know, I've long since learned that, you know, putting, turning cars or, you know, objects into art, it's just like, you know, and then being out there in the public is just, a lot of fun and also like super expressive about what you're trying to say. And when I already knew that and I had already made a number of things, you know, traveled a lot with that as a way of a mode of transportation, like the Hillary Clinton thing was kind of like a first in a weird way doing that, like putting, doing an art car and just landing out there and, and finding out that like, all over America, people really responded to it. Even if they didn't like Hillary, they still responded to it, you know, because mm-hmm. it's fun, you know. And I was surprised how well it worked. And uh, and I think that it inspires other people because, you know, they might look at it and go, you know, maybe they think I should do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, great, yeah, you can. Here, I'll show you how, you know, or let's do it together or whatever. Hey, I just want to take a quick break in the action here to remind you that PMA is also a beautiful print magazine available at our website, www.getthatpma.com. We also have some t-shirts, stickers, buttons, and some other merchandise. Uh, Those sales help us keep the lights on and uh, keep this podcast going, but also help us uh, develop other things that we'd like to bring to you in the future. So we really appreciate your support. And now let's get back to the interview. So um, inspiring other people to do similar things seems like kind of a core part of what you're up to. It's, you're, you're not just yeah. expressing yourself, but you're actually, like, trying to get people on the art train. And, like, um, once, you've so, once you've convinced them that, like, hey, yes, creativity can really, you know, art can change the world and it can change you and it can, make, can change your life, now you have to figure out what your art is. How do you help people figure out what their art is? Well, one way in the past was just to do things that involve other people, you know, and just by that by that alone, by putting a brush in their hand and giving them an opportunity to paint on a wall or paint on, you know, paint somewhere. Like adults, kids, whatever, like when they haven't done it before and they just see that spark, you know, of like, oh, you know, especially adults that like haven't even done that. And it just, you know, you hope that from that maybe they'll do it again, you know. Yeah. And sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. You know, in in the current, um, you know, with Mariposa right now, it's like that's why, you know, we try to offer as many things as possible between, you know, various kinds of instruments and music, various kinds of arts, and then, you know, give them all the chances of everything and try it all, you know, yep. see what what resonates with them. But, uh, you know, in just general public yeah, I try to find as many opportunities as I can to engage with people through art and give them that op- literally hands-on opportunity. And if not that, then, you know, maybe they just see it and it gives them an idea, you know, and that idea yep. might be any, you know, it could be from costume to, you know, to, I don't know, any different kinds of art that they might, you know, I might end up hearing about that they made and they saw it of me or something you know, it triggered a, a, you know, a creative response. Yeah, cool. That must be super satisfying and gratifying to just, like, 
know that you've turned somebody on to this thing that's been super critical and important to you for your entire life. That, that must be an amazing thing. Yeah, and it feeling. might be something that, you know, it just, it just hits. You know, and other people do that for me all the time. You know, I see, get one idea, and, and you know, they just give you that spark, and, and you go from there. The project's yours, not mine. You know what I mean? Right. Like, they thought it up, not me. It's totally them, you know, but maybe yep. you help them just, like, nudge them in that direction, you know. And then, you know, you make the art, and then it becomes the property of the world, right? Right. And it's, yeah. Yeah. That's super powerful. So, um, okay, so let's let's talk a little bit about Mariposa a little bit, so uh, at least more than we already have. So um, you, you sort of explained the inspiration for it, um, and it sort of sounds like it grew out of the Border Bedazzlers project um, yeah. pretty organically. Um, yeah, very completely organically, actually, yeah. Th- there must have been... Some either with the border bedazzlers or with Mariposa, like some logistical complications that just make it challenging to operate. Can you just like pick one that's like a good example of something that you've had to deal with just to keep the thing going or to make it happen in the first place? Well, I mean, actually, you know, with both both of those projects, or really much pretty much any project I've done. It's like, I have to fund it, you know, that's one thing. Like, you can't wait around and be like, oh, I need money. I mean, some people do that, but I don't. I just go out and buy whatever I need, you know. I mean, you know, it doesn't cost a lot to buy a few, you know, cans of paint or something, you know. You just have to do it. Um, So, to me, I try not to let those, I I try not to complicate things by overthinking them, you know. Yep. I just sort of go for it, and then if it works, it works, and I'll keep going, you know? So, so I don't have any good examples of, like, feeling like, oh, I can't do that, I, you know, something's stopping me or whatever. I feel like if it's in the flow and if it kind of resonates in the right way with the world, then it'll happen. If it doesn't, then I don't do it, you know, I, or I give it up. So if, but, but okay, so I'm going to challenge you just a little bit on that. So okay. you don't seem like the type of person that's just going to be like, Hey, this isn't working, so I'm just going to stop doing it. <laughs> you seem like the type of person who, if you were, like, standing there at the border wall with a couple of kids and you were painting something and some border patrol folks come up and start to tell you not to, that you're going to, like, say, why? What? And so, I mean, you must have had to come into contact with the law or something like that and, and have had to sort of address that. Um. No? Again, weirdly not, you know, like the Mexican side of the wall, I mean, just on that as an example, um, nobody ever told me not to do it. If if I got enough trouble, if I got some trouble, I'll back off. I'm not somebody who who leads with that at all. Like, you know, even with the Hill car, like the, you know, Hillary project, it's like I just never fought with people over it. You know, if I'm driving around, you know, doing this thing, if um, if I come across people that are going to give me trouble, I just drive the other direction, you know, like and and head on. Like I don't, I, I sort of don't engage with that. Yeah. So that was actually one of my big rules with, like, you know, the Hillary Clinton thing was, like, just don't engage, you know, like, don't totally be positive all the time, and it throws them off, they don't know what to do with it. So, you know, I just haven't run into a, a lot of those sorts of problems. Uh-huh. Cool. Um, and I'm trying to think, like, what, I guess the things that I felt probably was more internal that I thought, I'm not really enjoying this as much as I'd like to, so I'll do something different. You know, like, that's generally what more what happens. Like, oh, this isn't that much fun. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, you know. 
I mean, I've done projects where I was like, you know, uh, hey, it, it could go gangbusters or people really like it. But I'm finding this to be a drag now, so I'm yeah. not going to do it anymore. And I'll do something different, you know? Yeah. I mean, that happens. Okay. So let's talk about that. So, And that, I think, you uh, consider that a normal part of the process and actually a healthy part of the process. Yeah. You know, you know, uh, know when to hold them, know when to fold them, whatever. Yeah. You know, it's just like, well, if it's not, if it's not, you know, something you're really enjoying, I mean, why? it's your own money and time and energy and everything, like, for the most part. Is that what, how you want to, do, you know, if, if you don't enjoy it, don't do it. But if you yeah. enjoy it, you're going to keep doing it and find a way to keep doing it, you know? Yeah. Um, okay. So that, I think, is killer. So is there a story about a particular student or kid that you want to tell me about or you want to call out as just like the, the kind of penultimate example of the success of Mariposa? Well, I don't know if it's textbook or not, but I'll just say like one that comes to mind right off. So there's a... This kid, um, and um, he he comes from a just a super tough family, like you know, six uh, brothers and sisters. Mom's a prostitute and a drug addict. They barely have a home. You know, it's just it's really hard. He doesn't get to eat. You know, things like that. Yeah. And he's kind of hyper, and and he maybe has a little maybe some learning problems and things like that. But he's a really sweet kid. But anyway, like one time he came and he just destroyed. He just thought it was funny to, or whatever came into his mind, to destroy about, you know, two two or three hundred dollars worth of art material. And I was pissed at him, and I was like, you know, and I yelled at him, you know, and I, I don't generally yell at anybody, but I was I was mad at him for that, you know. And he kind of went away, and he, he wouldn't show up for a while, and I kept telling his other brother, like, tell him to come back, you know, it's fine, whatever, I'm not mad anymore, you know. Anyway, but when he came back, he finally came back for some reason. But we had the drums at that time. And he just wasn't that into art or whatever. I don't know. But but once those drums came into the picture, it just, like, it was it for him. You know, he has be, he had come, not only does he come every day, every time, but he'll come hours early just waiting to play those drums. Like, first thing, you know, he's sitting there before, you know, it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, we're not, you know, this is like two hours early, whatever. He'll be like, uh, you know, uh, he's just like so excited about drums. And he's a really good drummer. And it's like that kind of like sort of ADD problems that he kind of has. Yeah. Like he just can somehow or other the drumming is just like perfect for him and he can focus and he's good at it. And, you know, he's excited by it, you know, and, and he's found like perhaps a calling for him, you know, and. Like, you see that and you go, well, I don't know what, you know, his life, you know, could that be like a, a, a you know, a real fork in the road there where yeah. he might have gone in a different direction that wouldn't have been so great. Or he might end up to be a really great drummer, <laughs> yeah. you know, and find like a real purpose in his life. He's got a talent. He actually really has a talent at it. You know, this kid is is super into it and he's good. You know, right from the beginning. And I guess maybe that's like a success story, you know, that I... I, I love seeing him there just, like, so excited about it, you know, and ready to go every every week. That's amazing. Awesome. Um, and you can't be yeah. the only one, you know. Yeah, um, I know there's others, too, but that, that, that's a standout one for me, anyway. That's awesome. Um, okay, so finally, you said that, um, you know, if you don't enjoy it, basically, then just don't do it. So do you have any, I mean, that seems like philosophically kind of, oversimplified version of 
yeah. you know, kind of your core philosophy. But do you have uh, either like, and you know, creative people don't typically walk around with, you know, my top 10 list of philosophical principles mm-hmm. in their pocket. <laughs> so I, I apologize for the awkward question and um, for putting you a little bit on the spot, but is there just sort of something that you feel like represents either one or two or three core principles that you hold very dear that guide you to live the life that you live that are similar, or maybe this is one, this is sort of like you have to enjoy what you're doing. Well, um, yeah, obviously that. And um, I certainly pay attention to those kind of, a, you know, if if, it, if you knock on a door and it opens kind of thing, or if like, you get a green light, go for it. You know, don't even yeah. think about, I don't think about, like, how am I going to afford this? Is that realistic or anything like that? I just barge ahead, you know? Yeah. And, um, and if you get enough knockdowns, you'll know that's not the direction. But if you get help or or if it just keeps it seem to work, then you go forward, you know. And I guess I kind of I pay attention to that a lot, you know, as long as I feel like things just keep, you know, kind of pushing me in that direction, I'll I'll keep going there, you know. Yeah. Um and certainly, you know, with my post that was the case because I mean, other people might have questioned, you know, like Oh, you know, I was just, hey, I want to start a free kids art center because the border wall is coming down and I don't want to leave this project with these kids. I wouldn't mind doing a free kids art center, but I need a building. This guy I mentioned it to is like, you know, I'll meet you in Naco the next day. And I didn't know, but he's like, here, have have these keys. You can have this building, you know, and it's like, oh, so I'm like, all right, well. Why wouldn't I do that? I was just giving keys, you know, like to a building. I don't have any money at all. You, I already said I'm a, you know, I wait tables. I don't have any money, you know. But I'm like, I certainly can't turn that down. That would be stupid, you know. So, like, I just keep going. Like, all right, I'll spend what money I have. As it turns out, other people are interested in it, too, and, you know, help out where they can. And, you know, so forth like that. But it, I think that as long as you see those green lights, take them, you know, um, and don't over, I sort of try not to overthink or complicate issues with doubt or anything, you know, yeah. just go ahead. <laughs> so certainly that's, you know, one, I you know, kind of ideal I live with. Um, I don't know. I mean, I just, you know, some people just have to express themselves, you know, and I'm one of those people. And it's like, I don't, I wouldn't do well without it. So I don't really have a choice. I just have to. So I just find where I can, you know, just keep, you know, there are times when that's not appropriate, but wherever they are appropriate, I take it, you know, see yep. where it takes me. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay. Thank you so much. And you've inspired me in this, in this half an hour that we've been talking. So well, really thanks nice a lot. Well, really nice to talk to you. Yeah. Okay. I'm excited about your project. Sounds great. Cheers. Bye. All right. Thank you. Bye. And there it is. Episode three of the PMA podcast. I want to thank Gretchen Bear for taking time out of her day to chat with me. And I want to thank you, the listeners, for coming along on this ride with us. This conversation was used to create an article for our print magazine, issue number one, which is sold out. But you can find other issues of our magazine at our website www.getthatpma.com and if you have any comments concerns or compliments want to just say hi feel free to email me at believe at getthatpma.com thanks again and we'll see you next week toodaloo